0: you're here Lord Jesus I'm glad you're here I'm glad that you move among us that you've got a plan you've got a purpose and I just tell that spirit of discouragement to be gone out of here in Jesus name because we're going to have a good time We, we may just preach till you get happy Dixie's already happy Yeah, but everybody's not. Let me tell you. <laughs> Isn't it good to laugh? Amen. That guy didn't believe there. You could have a patent foot and a praying knee on the same limb, you know God's on the move. I love to hear the reports of what God's doing. The world's sick of hearing us tell about what we're doing for God. They want to hear what He's doing. They know we can blow about what we do. (laughs) Exaggerate it a little bit. It's just good to know God loves you. Oh, when you get that settled, He loves you. I was thinking we might not have any of our group here tonight, but Angie said no weird or anything <laughs> happening. You know, that would eliminate most of us because we're peculiar and unusual. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I've been on a journey. I'll take you with me. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Say the Word is good. did she loves love the Word? Yeah. Every test you've ever failed because we, I didn't read the Word or you didn't read the Word or, or at least we didn't obey the Word. Let me say it that way. <clears throat> An open book test so there's no reason to fail. I want to start with verse 17. Of course, this is the Apostle Paul writing to this church. And then I realized this is about 25 years after Jesus Christ was crucified and gone. That's not very long. Now to Richie, that's a long time. But to David and I, that's not very long. I mean, this church is older than that. So, he, you know, he had a lot of vivid memories of what had happened. It's interesting. <clears throat> you know, the apostles walked with Jesus and knew Him. And of course, we have the Gospel written. But here comes along a head Pharisee, a God-hater, but he was educated. He was educated in the Jewish system. He knew it. He said, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He said, really, I was in the top of my class. But he was a God-hater. Until God smote him, met him. And you know, Paul quickly began to proclaim who Jesus was, but then he talks about he went away for a while and he had some encounters with God that were way beyond what the apostles had. Because Peter said some of Paul's stuff's hard to understand. So, you know that's that day and time. But how does it apply today? But understanding in that day and time, that just to me knowing that was just twenty-five years later, approximately after Jesus Christ was crucified, that Paul wrote this. But it's a it's a word for us today. Verse seventeen for Christ, he'd been talking about. He baptized one or two, and then he said, that's all. And then a little bit later, I thought he didn't have a computer where he could just blot that out and change it. He said, I do remember baptizing so and so, but other than that, I don't remember. But that's why he says, God didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. That's, I don't, there's no record of Jesus baptizing. See, he had the apostles doing it when, in his time. But Paul said, I know I was called to preach and bring, preach the gospel. What's the gospel? It is still the good news. It's good news. Not in cleverness of speech. So that the cross of Christ would not be made void. <clears throat> it's about... The Lord Jesus Christ. It's about the cross of Christ. Which would not be made void. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. That means those who are going to perdition. Those who are doomed to hell. It's foolishness to the lost. But thus her being saved, it is the power of God. It says the cross is the power of God How often do we think about the cross? How often do we go back to the cross? And one brother said it this way, the cross is something that we go through and then we go on and then we get filled with the Spirit of God. And that's that's true. But to me, the cross is a spirit of death and life. The cross is a place where when we come to Christ we're supposed to die galatians 2:20 i have been crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ lives in me and the life i now live in the flesh i live by what the faith of the son of god who loved me and died for me but in salvation and there's not always time in presenting the gospel, and I think we're wrong in that, we make it too easy, that if people really understood, if, if you want to get saved, that means you're going to die to your life. You're going to desire to what you think so great, what you want to do. You're going to die to those things, and just say, okay God, here I am. Angie mentioned just being, a, or Dixie, a channel that God could flow through. That's what we're supposed to do. But of course, as a kid getting saved, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. And I could have heard it just through the Word. But it's got to become a revelation to us to die to this life you cannot live his life until you die to yours. There's no way. You live in a natural body, but you're a spiritual being if you're born again. Because God says we're made in what? His image. Well, what does God look like? He's a spirit. So you're a spirit being that lives in a body. Now, who's going to rule? Who's on first, huh? That's a choice you get to make. He gives us a a will to make decisions. We are not a robot. I do not, God does not make me do something. He shows me and I have a choice. You've made choices. You've had God show you things and, hmm, we'll ponder them a while. But you have to make a choice. Jerry Dobbs and I are going to go to breakfast this week, the Lord willing. I called him the other day and I said, Well, if I could go Monday or Tuesday. I said, I'll call you Sunday. And we'll talk about it. No, he said, Let's just make a choice. <laughs> okay. I mean, you have to make a choice. What about the cross? What about the cross? What does the cross mean in your life? We don't think about that. It's just too easy to come on when we're past that. That's where we always have to come back. To come back. That's where you can find out whether you're dead or not. When you come back to the cross, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are going to hell. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So, Think on the cross. Ask God to reveal more of the cross to you. That's what I keep saying. Lord, I need to understand the mystery of the cross. The cross, preaching the cross, is the wisdom and power of God and only the Holy Spirit can reveal it. And He reveals things. He reveals things. I was uh, thinking about some things the other morning and I just, about vision. And you know what? The Lord just popped scripture in my mind. I "I, I know what that is. That's a settled issue. I know. He just brought that that quick. He can do that. I got a revelation last night and I may share some of it here in a minute. But God can just. We we watch. We like to watch this little detective show. Uh, Perot. Anybody know who Perot is? A Bel, little Belgian detective, and he always talks about to solve the problem. He's got to get over and let his little gray cells work. Let me tell you. You just need to get quiet and let the Holy Ghost work. He'll remind you. He'll bring. He'll remind you stuff you don't want to remember. Sometimes, so you can get it right. That one you need to forgive or whatever it is. He's real. He is real. But it took the cross. We wouldn't have what we have today without the cross. Without God's heart being broken. It's easy to say, well, God so loved the world that He gave. Listen, it cost Him. Stand up and give your firstborn to God to die for mankind. And know before you do it how it's going to end. He knew the end from the beginning. Lord, You're good. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever. I will set aside. I'll I'll help you understand the political system here in a minute. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of the age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? You can watch the government and see worldly wisdom, how it's working and we all voted against it. For since in the wisdom of God, through its wisdom, through its wisdom, did not come to know God. The world through its wisdom did not, did not come to know God. There's no worldly wisdom that will draw you to God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached, to save those who believe. For indeed the Jews asked for a sign and the Greek search for wisdom. This is one a great verse. For we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. That's my, it's back to what I was talking about the difference in Paul and the apostles. He had this revelation. His message, he had a single message. Chapter 2, he said, I come to you not knowing anything except what? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You don't need to think up your great points and how you're going to do it. You've got to trust Him. He's the only one. When you pray, think about, you're praying to a crucified Christ. The resurrected Christ. But you know what? The Godhead lives within you. That's got to get to be a reality. He lives within you. He said, I'd come back. I'll not not forsake you. Why did Paul just say, I want to preach Christ crucified? To the Jews a stumbling block. And to the Gentiles foolishness. It's a message that only the Holy Spirit can deal with in your life. And that's why I'm on this this morning. Because I want the Holy Spirit to have His way in my life. I want Him to have His way in your life. That's the only way we're going to gain. That's the only way you're going to walk through these times that are ahead is to have the Spirit of God living and directing you in this. I still remember the story of a man a few years ago, and I forgot if it was soybeans or wheat. He had in storage. You know, you get it combined and you can store it and not sell it. And he was out one day, and the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, Sell it. He made a phone call, called the granary where it was, said, Sell it on the market. 30 minutes later, he drove in there, and that man looked at him, maybe it was an hour later, and he said, How did you know? How did I know what? How did you know? that price was going to go down $2 a bushel. I didn't know. I just know the Spirit of God told me to sell it. He knows more about your business than you. He knows more about your home. He knows more about you. He knows more about Dixie and I. I looked up the Scriptures the other day about the lady that Luke told a story in Luke 13 about the woman was bowed down For 18 years. I read that to Dixie. I prayed it over. She hadn't straightened up yet. But I decree she will. It's in God's time. There's something we're missing in this. I feel like sometimes. You got the combination to the lock. And you know you're turning it. And there's six numbers. And you got five. And that's all you can remember. Holy Spirit. We're seeking your wisdom and all these things because we cannot do it in our flesh. We have proven that. That's why Jesus said, I'll build my church. I've proven I can. not It's his church. Then when we realize we're to proclaim the kingdom, we're to proclaim the kingdom, but we didn't grow up that way. We didn't grow up, or I didn't anyway, just here in that way. Lord, we thank You. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, He's made unto us wisdom. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Consider your calling, brethren. There were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God's got an interesting plan. Consider your calling, brother. There were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong and the base things of the world. and to despise God has chosen the things that are not so that He might nullify the things that are. I thought about our government. I thought about the people. I thought about Matthew chapter 5, when it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. He says, Not many wives are called. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. That means those that know they need God, they don't have it. He said, They'll inherit the kingdom of God. I thought about the people that want their name called. And want you to cheer them on. And we've got them leading our governments. And I thought, not many poorly people in that. Many we would call elites are wise in the world. But you see the way the governments are going in every nation. I thought about Mike Johnson though, our new house leader because they were going to dig out some dirt on him, and they found out and said, oh, well, he's only got less than $5,000, and he owes a lot. He's our man. He's not an elite that they called out that was worth millions of millions. Why did he choose you and I? Not many of us come from a millionaire club or family. See, we can identify with knowing if we're going to make it, we need God. And there's some time that we made a decision that God revealed Himself to us and we asked Jesus to come into our heart. But said that, verse 29, no man may boast before God. I love verse 30, but by His doing, say by His doing, doing. you are in Christ Jesus. That means by God's doing, you are in Christ Jesus. If you're a believer, that's that's who you are. Then what's the rest of it? By His doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who what? Became to us... Jesus Christ became to us wisdom from God. Hallelujah. We've got godly wisdom. Come on, have you got godly wisdom? And righteousness. Wisdom and righteousness. It's a gift. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. It's a gift of God. Wisdom. Righteousness, sanctification, that means being set apart for God to use. That's part of that coming to the cross and saying, okay, here I am, God. That's part of Romans 12, 1 and 2, presenting your body a living sacrifice holy to God so you can learn the difference between what's good, what's acceptable, and what's perfect. And there is a difference. And God is working in you. See, these things are ours. There are things we're still waiting on God to do that He says He's already done it. He's already made through, God did it through Jesus Christ in our lives. He has put that in us if we belong to Him. Put up that verse, uh, I believe it's John 8, 46 or 36. I gave you a verse, John 8, 36. Well, anyway, it says, uh, you know it, whom the sun sets free, is free indeed, is that all of it? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We like to claim that verse. You know, it doesn't say Savior, it says the Son. That's talking about really being connected to God. There's a difference. There's a lot of people I met with one recently got saved probably 40 years ago. Not much recent history in desperate place. That's the way world, worldly wisdom will, will take you. Whom the sun sets free will be free indeed. And then there's Romans uh, 8.14. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Come on, that's going to take some maturity. And it's not as far off or as hard as, as, as you think, excuse me. A tragedy would be to see this little child here not mature and grow up. What about the body of Christ? What about the body of Christ? Where is the body of Christ? When Jesus Christ was crucified in that time, there would probably already been... At least 30,000 people crucified. But let me tell you, history only records one name, and his name's Jesus. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And the Son will set you free today. He'll set you free today. I'm telling you, and I understand the battles we have within us. They want to rage because there's still, whether it's unresolved or undeserved, I'm just telling you, they come. Don't think they're going to stop. You're going to be in a battle the rest of your life over who you're going to serve. Back to Romans six eleven that we have to reckon, we have to put this old nature dead and be alive in Christ. But see, in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit is alive in us. Put up... uh, Romans 5.10. For it says, and while we were yet enemies, Do you, see, you don't think you were ever an enemy of God. You were when you were lost. You're, I, t- I told you, I had a lady that I know in Kansas text me recently, why are the Jews so hated? Let me tell you, Christians are on the list too. But the lost are enemies. While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Let me just stop right there. Let me tell you, every God-hater, every person here lost or saved, You've been reconciled because Jesus Christ reconciled, is what that verse says. Right? But that doesn't mean you're saved. We can talk about how we're saved. That verse says we're saved by his life. And I know his death's got a part in that, but that verse is still just as true. We're saved by His life. And He's alive today. He's still alive. We serve a live God. We don't serve a historical dead God. He's not still crucified. He's not on the cross. He's on the throne. He's the King of all kings. Look at... uh, John 14. I probably gave you verse 16, didn't I? Yeah. I will ask the Father and He'll give you another helper. Now who said that? Jesus said that. That He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it does not see Him or know Him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Now, he wasn't there yet. That's why he said, will be with in you. And he said, I'll not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I tell you, in chapter 14, there's just a few verses, talks about the Holy Spirit that's coming. Let me read you another one. They don't have it up there. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. A lot of verses like that. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you, the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify about me. Oh, and He says, you'll testify because you've been with me. Now, verse, chapter 16. This is where Jesus has told him he's leaving. Verse 7, but I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. Now, could that be true? What if he was here today, there'd be a fight over Who's going to take him to lunch? And we'd still all be claimed to be filled with the Spirit. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The helper, the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, Paraclete, whatever term you want to use. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin. Now see, it doesn't say sins. Now he does convict of sins. But he's talking about sin. The sin of unbelief. That's the sin that sends a person to hell that will not accept Jesus Christ and have their sin forgiven. The sin of rejecting Jesus Christ as God's Son and Savior. But He'll convict you also of righteousness. The church has trouble believing that He has made us righteous. I read that verse in 1 Corinthians 1.30 a while ago. That He also made us righteous. And that judgment, and that means judgment is coming. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. He actually hadn't yet, but as far as Jesus was concerned, he already had been. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he... The Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. He said, I'll not leave you as orphans. He said, You're, it's going to be better if I leave. And he said, I'll send you one just like me. That one can go home with every one of us. He had to go. so he could send him, right? We know that after the crucifixion, for about 40 days there's records of Jesus, people seeing Jesus and him doing things. But that was the end of that. And then on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. Being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And to get saved, it takes the Holy Spirit working to draw you. But to be filled with His Spirit, that means... See, Jesus... The Spirit of the crucified Christ come into your life. That's the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. He said, I've got to go... Or He can't come. The, the Spirit of Jesus Christ coming into your life will change your life. You, you won't have to read the Word. And there's times I still have to, okay, you got to do this. I mean, you still have to discipline yourself. But He puts something in you that you can't get away from. You can't get away from. Father God ordained the cross. Jesus Christ the Son bore the cross. The Holy Spirit of God testifies about the cross and wants to make it real in our lives. But think about the Spirit of Jesus come to live within you. I'll not leave you as orphans. He said, I'll come back to you. He's come back to us. We're not not worried. We know he's coming. He'll come again. That's on his time. In fact, Jesus doesn't even know that. But see, he just wants to be real to us. He wants to let you know. As I said last night, I've been pondering that chapter for a while. And last night I got to thinking about those verses I just shared with you. I'll not leave you as orphans. I will come again. He had to go as the living Christ. Paul said, we don't know him like we used to know him in flesh. See, Paul could have, he could have been around. But see, we've got to know him in the spirit now. And we've got to have that spirit of Jesus within us to know him. And it's available to us but we're, we're pretty lazy. We said Scripture says the flesh is weak, but let me tell you, the flesh is strong to do what it wants to do. My heathen flesh was strong. We can be strong to do what we want to do. We just, and I saw this recently. A person was asking questions, and it went, I guess it was getting close, and they just went, We don't want to do that. We want to raise both hands and just say, come do it. I know I need that resurrected Christ living in me to make me who you've called me to be. The man, the woman, whoever you are, whatever age you are. Listen, Timothy was an apostle at about age 18. Come on, Richie, I'm calling you out. Oh, you teenagers. What about this resurrected Christ? Where does he fit? Where does the cross fit in your life? How does that affect your life? Will you a fear evil? There'll be some places and you'll start and you'll say, mm, I don't know, I just think I better not do that. And there's a lot of good things but they don't add to you and they'll just keep draining out of you what God has put in you. You can go this afternoon and lose everything you've heard this morning if you don't make a choice and and believe and step into it yourself. That God has got you alive in this earth today to do His will. Our mission statement, Galatians for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set free those who have oppressed. That's not just my statement. That's our statement. That's what we're to be about. Where are our lost friends? Where are our unchurched friends? Does God not... Lead us to people. Does, do we not want to share who He is? Has He not made a real difference in us? Does not the Spirit of God live in us? I'm telling you, if you'll let Jesus fill you with His Spirit, you'll get things straightened out. Whether it's at home, on the job, wherever it's at, you'll get it straight. If the Spirit of God lives within you. And you can say, I'll think about that. Yeah, I saw you. You just went, nope, that's not for me. See, we want God to do all his his promises. We claim them. We pray for our brothers. We pray. But what about us? Where are we at in this thing? We better be all in. Let's just stand up and bless the Lord. Lord, I thank you for the crucified Christ, the Spirit of God. I read a quote from Oswald Chambers this week, and he said, the revelation of God coming to us... Depends more, turn it down a little bit, Alan. Depends more on our character than it does God's character. Our character depends on how much revelation we get, is what he was saying. That's why we got to bring it all to him. We've got to allow him to be who he says he is. That's why Paul preached Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He talked about the power of the cross, the mystery of the cross. So, Lord, we're here today to avail ourselves to You. Lord, I lift up every need that's here, regardless of what it is. You want to meet it. And, Lord, there's some needs only You can meet, only You can meet. And I decree the Spirit of the living God is here. Lord, Your glory cover this room. Lord, that we choose You today. In Jesus' name, just worship Him. just obey the Lord. If you need to come to the altar and pray, come. If you need someone to pray for you, we'll do that. But whom the Son sets free, the Spirit of the Lord is here to release the captive Open the eyes of the blind. Crucified Christ, your spirit, Lord, rule and reign here. Let us see Jesus high and lifted up. Come on. We have not because we ask not. We humble ourselves and come and ask. God will work out what we need. We want everything you have. We want everything you have. We want it all. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Hallelujah. Come on, just shout to the Lord. Come on, do we have any victory? Do we have a living Christ? The crucified one living within us? If not, we could have just stayed home this morning. We're here to meet with Him. We're here for Him to give us more revelation. To make us better. Equipped to go serve Him. Not ourselves. You can have all the God you want. Sometime every knee will bow. He is the way. I promise He loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants you to have the wealth of the world. But you got to do it His way. Just one way. We exalt you, Jesus. We exalt you, Jesus. Lord speaks in so many different ways. I'm convinced that there are just so many thoughts we have that's really God that we don't realize. I've been praying and thinking about a friend of mine this morning. I don't know what he's going through. I'll call him this afternoon and see. But God's on the move. God's on the move. Any other word this morning? Come on, don't shout me down now. What's God said? We pray for the meeting tonight be here before 6 and start at 6 Lord willing be sure and park behind so we can have all the front open for the guests coming Lord we give you praise we give you thanks I think we're finished. I'm not sure God has. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you that you love us enough to stretch us and correct us. Lord, your kingdom.
1: Lord, I speak blessings
0: over the people now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I'm glad you're here.